Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast. And today we've got a couple of quite different coffees to talk about as well, which you'll hear more about in a moment. But today I'm joined by Emma. Now I want to pronounce this, Emma, I didn't ask you this before we started, as Newstub. Is that perfect? What? Is that oh. perfect? I've had many worse, but that's it. It's just a silent K. Newstub. Newstub. Great. Got it. So, listeners, you've heard the name, and we'll spell it a little bit later for you so you know how to access uh, Emma. But Emma graduated with a degree in marketing and advertising, and she's worked in agencies in London and over Australia as well uh, for some huge blue chip brands. And she set up her own marketing consultancy in 2013. So well done. 10 years. That's quite a milestone, yeah. isn't it? I remember uh, 10 years, some years ago. Uh, but she's worked predominantly in automotive tech. Uh, and since she started working for herself almost a decade ago with magnificent stuff, she's been on a real journey. And I want to hear more about that journey a little bit later on. Uh, she's learned a great deal from both the large corporates and the small businesses that she's been lucky enough to have been engaged with. Uh, and her next move took her with all of her learnings to become an integral part of something very, very exciting, which we're going to again, I'm going to ask you about in a moment. Uh, your sister and your partner's daughter and you work for Lorello. Is that right? As That's well? right. Lorello, yeah, HQ yeah. Uh, with a team of consultants, business development managers uh, and compliance specialists throughout the, the country. Uh, and she's actually sadly because their father passed away, now parenting three boys alone. How old are the three boys? My boys are 14, 13 and 8. Oh, wow. That, yeah. I mean, being a boy of that age a long, long time ago, that sounds like a real handful. It so, certainly is, yeah. Yeah, so lots of new circumstances, uh, showing you a different side uh, to the deaf sector uh, as well. Mm -hmm. And you, I know you're very passionate about improving that. Uh, and post-death education uh, and ultimately what happened when somebody dies. Um, welcome to today's podcast. Such a, uh, a an interesting bio with different ingredients in it. It certainly is. Yeah, I've got quite a, quite a checkered background. I wanted to be a police officer um, oh, right. when I was for the first like 20 years of my life. Um, my dad was a policeman and that was all I wanted to do. And so, um, yeah, it was quite a quite a shock to the whole family when I went into marketing and advertising initially. Yeah. So. so so why the the setup on your own then and tell us a little bit more about the the sort of the niche or the niche that you you moved into of automotive tech. So um, I sort of fell into um, marketing and advertising. I wanted to be a police officer as I said and my dad said look if you're going to follow my footsteps the only way we'll give you our blessing if you like is if you go to uni first so go to university right. go and do something you enjoy and then go into the the metropolitan police after with a for, um, on the accelerated promotion scheme so as a graduate so i was like quite reticent but i said fine okay i'll do this and i looked at all the different courses available and i thought okay i'll do something i'm going to enjoy 
I live at home. I had four jobs whilst I was um, studying my degree. I went to the London College of Printing in Distributive Trades in Elephant and Castle. Um, I think we were the first or second year to do the degree that I did. Um, so it was all quite new and exciting. And then, um, yeah, went straight into an agency before I graduated to get some work experience, but predominantly to try and pay off my student loan. Um, okay. whilst, I was, whilst I was working in the agency as an editorial assistant on Volvo magazine, um, so quite out there, um, I was applying for the police constantly. And then it got to the stage where I got into the police, I got accepted. And then uh, I was just like, actually, I'm having really good fun working in advertising and parties <laughs> are really good fun and the people and the the salaries were incomparable. So I, um, yeah, I uh, decided to stick with what I knew and uh, yeah. stay in marketing. So yeah, did I did 15 years, I think, in agencies. Really enjoyed it working with really big brands, but pregnant with my third child, I couldn't go, I couldn't keep up with the parties and the client entertainment and so on. Um, and I felt guilty on the kids and my mum who was doing a lot of the childcare and my ex-husband right. as well. So I'm... Um, I decided if I, can, if I can do this, I can do it on my own and just set up. I went to Google campus every lunchtime and started building a website. Didn't yeah. really know what I was doing. Watched YouTube videos to learn how to build a website kind of thing. It was appalling, the first one I built. Um, and then I did did some tweeting. My tweets got picked up by a, a CTO of a tech company um, in, uh, yeah, in automotive software. And he said, look, we really like the sound of you and what you do. Can you come in for a chat because we need somebody to do our marketing? And then totally fell into it that way. And then, yeah. yeah. So you, you were given the opportunities, you made the opportunities and you grasped the opportunities. So I like that. That's good. Pretty much uh, so, yeah. I'm going to ask you in a moment uh, about the exciting part of that because you know uh, i said there's a read your bio that you've become an integral part of something e exciting before we go on to the the latter part of it but let's talk about the the coffee that you're drinking first of all so tell us a little bit about the coffee that you start the day with and then tell us a little bit about what you're drinking right now okay religiously pretty much unless i'm really hungover, in which case i can't face it but religiously i have a an oat milk latte which I make myself at home and um, drink it while I'm getting ready in the mornings, every morning, one a day, that's it, done. Right. Um, but if I have a, a, a live meal later on in the day, I tend to have um, something like this, which okay. is highly recommended to me. So this is an organic mushroom blend powder. Um, I found it on Amazon, this one actually. It, was, it has been recommended by My Superfoods and it's just, it's, I've got it served on ice with um, oat milk, and it's delicious. Right. And you don't so, get the same headache you do from caffeine. No. So what does the, what's the taste difference like? Because I've not tried, you know, as I mentioned to you before we started, you know, I've, I've had lots of guests that have talked about mushroom coffee and mushroom uh, different drinks, but what's the taste like compared to the coffee that you have at the beginning of the morning? Can you describe a little bit of the difference? Um, it's really weird. There is this, I think it's more of a chocolatey taste. Um, okay. I, I love mushrooms more than life itself. I love mushrooms so much. Really, really right. enjoy them. I don't like slimy mushrooms if they're, if they're greasy and they taste yeah, like yeah. slugs. Cool. But generally, I really enjoy mushrooms. So, however, a mushroom drink made, the thought of it made me feel a bit like, ugh, gave me the ick. Yeah. Um, however, 
but I did try this one. It tastes quite chocolatey and it's it just tastes clean. You don't get, you, there's no bitter aftertaste that you might sometimes get from coffee yeah. and it tastes quite clean and cleansing. So yeah, yeah. I'm all over. I'll share one thing because it's interesting you say there about the drinks. Uh, a client of mine uh, took me out for a very expensive meal in Nottingham um, about 12 months ago uh, to a Michelin chef, uh, Sat Baines, I think the, the chef's called. Uh, and yeah. we went to this meal and the meal was fabulous. The drinks, the wine, everything. And then they bought the dessert and it was mushroom ice cream with a mushroom in the centre of it, covered in candy floss. Now, I'm wow, probably not doing it justice, but I put it in my mouth. And I, I'm like you, I love mushrooms and I like sweet things, but it was the most vile thing that I've ever <laughs> tasted. The texture was horrible. The taste was vile. And, of course, I'm sat around this table and the chef because each chef comes out and presents his course and he's waiting there for the acclamation and i couldn't cough this thing out of my mouth quick enough oh, gosh uh, and it sort of yeah that's why i'm always a little bit cautious if if it's a sort of derivative of something mushroom what does it actually taste like because I, I you know i want something that tastes like a mushroom and that did not taste like a mushroom yeah this does definitely taste chocolatey but i'm just looking at the front of the packet and it might look like it's got tiny bits of chocolate in it oh, um okay. i don't know it i think it's quite chocolatey it's got a nice um flavor to it but i yeah I, have you been to the fat duck in bray with um it's heston blumenthal's no i haven't now so he um i went there years my best friend took me for my birthday years ago and um Actually, Mick Huckner was at, at another table. It was really exciting. Right. So the yeah, best yeah. birthday. I got his autograph and a photo at the end as well. But um, the they he's famous for mixing weird combinations. He's like a scientific yeah. background. And I remember trying his um, egg and bacon ice cream. And that was just like, it, I, I think psychologically, you're just not prepared for yeah. those flavours and that consistency and that served at that temperature and stuff. And uh, yeah, sometimes things, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think what we're talking about here as well, particularly transfers on to marketing, doesn't it, and advertising, because very often we have to be different, don't we? We have to look and experiment. We have to test and measure. You know, and I'm sure these people that make these concoctions don't just throw it all in and hopefully it's okay. It's all about trying it, testing it, seeing how people react to it and constantly improving it. And I'm sure... You know, in marketing and consultancy, that must be something you see people do in their in their strategies and their tactics as well to get new leads and new new clients, perhaps. Absolutely, I think refining refining your messaging, your um, the medium that you're you're pushing your messages out on, um, and so on, all the time. Just keeping keeping people keeping in on top of what the the reaction is of the messages, yeah. what the how people are receiving what you're what you're trying to say. Um, getting, I mean, one of the biggest things that we were focused on doing in my um, with my last client was the testimonials, video testimonials, oh, yeah. verbal testimonials. Just getting feedback and understanding. If you like what we do, why do you like it? What would you What would you like improved about it? And, and so on. And you get people talking about their own um, their own circumstance and themselves and. Once, once you get that dialogue going, they don't shut up. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's yeah. really, really helpful. Um, and it helps you refine what you're offering as well. 
Yeah, and, and it's interesting you said medium there because you know what we were just talking about there. Uh, you know, egg and bacon ice cream. Eggs and bacon. You know, I, I'm married to a vegetarian, so I don't get eggs and bacon very often. Uh, but when I do, I love it. I can't say that the medium of ice cream would suit me just like the mushroom didn't because sometimes we can even in our marketing we can do something that works but it works on one medium one channel but that doesn't necessarily mean that that same thing is going to work on on a different what would you say to people that are perhaps trying it on channels where it just doesn't work or they they're thinking about because it's worked on facebook let's do it on tiktok or let's do it by email what would you say to people that are varying their mediums a little bit I, but from, from my point of view and the work I've done to date, I think if it's work, if it's not broken, then don't fix it kind of thing. If mm. it's working really well on Facebook, keep it on Facebook, invest more in Facebook yeah. and make it work really, really well on Facebook. Um, not everything works across all of the, as, as we know, not everything works across all different channels. And I think if it yeah. doesn't work, you have to really, really understand your audience and who they are, what they're reading, what they're, what they're interested in and how they like to be spoken to, to be able to find the right medium for your message basically yeah sure um, and i think it's i think it's just so important to to i mean pen portraits are really 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 useful They're, that's building a persona of, um, of your of your target audience yeah. and whether it's whether you've got a even if you've got a mass market audience you're looking to talk to everybody or you're looking at a small niche in the um like a b2b like a business to business offering um it's really important to build that build that um, portrait, build that, build an idea, a picture of who this people yeah. want to communicate to. Yeah, I love that phrase, or oh, pen portrait. Yeah, I'm gonna write that down. Um, so, you said obviously you're now part of an integral part of something exciting. Tell us what it is that has been exciting or significant for you and your business in the you know let's say the last few months or last twelve months. Okay, so I ran Magnificent Stuff for nine years and I think it was seven months. And the last two years, I've been really, really heavily involved in my partner's probate business. He had a, um, he started up, he started the company about 10 years ago, but hasn't really done much with it apart until now, um, the last couple of years. He's really got to understand the market, the, 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 um, the, the needs out there um, and how he can refine his offering, his USP, so his unique service proposition. Yeah. Um, and it's just gone for, it's gone bonkers, absolutely bonkers. Right. He's, he's doubling year on year in terms of staff, in terms of sales, turnover, every, everything's doubling year on year. Um, it's, quite, it's quite scary. Um, and I was getting to a stage where I loathed working on my own. It was really dire. I was a consultant visiting different clients' offices. Sure. There was no one to have a weekly meeting with. It was just. It, yeah. it was just that. Are you happy with? Are you happy with spending this, Emma? Yes, Emma. And it was just like me having yeah, a conversation yeah. with myself all the time. Um, I did. I, I did um, employ business coaches in the past. They've been incredibly useful for a short time, and then it got to the yeah. stage where I was just like, actually. I've recognised I don't want to grow this. This isn't. This isn't. Yeah. Um, this isn't. This isn't as scalable. I'm. I'm, I'm the business, and I'm not scalable um, on my own. So this isn't yeah. going to work. Um, so Michael's growing Lorello. It's getting very big, very busy. I was helping him as as my client, um, and in the end, he just uh, he turned around to me and said, "Look, I can't do this on my own anymore. Will you come jump ship with yeah. me?" So 
very slowly over the last couple of years, I've kind of recognised that my business was winding down and I was losing more and more heart and interest in it and getting more excited about his business. I um, We've won two awards. We won the best um, probate provider. The award, awards are behind me on right. the wall. Okay. But the, yep. um, the best probate provider of the year, we've at the British Rules and Probates um, Awards and then best probate law firm at the probate research awards so one was one in november time and one was one in april may time um so we're being really recognized for what we're doing in the industry it's getting it's incredibly exciting we go to an event and everybody knows who we are um and yeah it's just we're in a really good position but i think for many of the people listening to this uh you know Death is very, very somber. Uh, it's very grieving, uh, and you know we've had various guests that have dealt with death and loss of someone. Uh, and and I know from from my own experience of of losing my mother a few years ago and a friend who's just lost somebody, the the death sector, the after the death, can be so so hard for those people left behind trying to sort things out. It's an absolute minefield of things to get through. Um, and if you if you haven't prepared for it before something dreadful happens, then picking up the pieces after is just an absolute nightmare. And it's it's hard to feel that you're getting excited about it and winning awards for it. Uh, but I should imagine the results that you see by helping people cope with such a tragic instance in their life and being able to deal with it correctly and yeah you know, and in the best way they can that that must be quite rewarding as well as exciting in the business side of it seeing the impact you can have on people must be very very rewarding for everybody working in the business as well absolutely we are we're in this business because we wanted to help people michael set this business up his there after a family bereavement they used a high street solicitor or the family solicitor to um do their probate for them um after yeah to, to help them and the costs escalated the compassion was zero the um this level of service was really disappointing and it took forever um it was just a whole really really painful experience um with a really bad time it just wasn't it wasn't great so i think what what well i know what michael wanted to do was to flip that on its on its head and create something with lorello that was the opposite the polar opposite of that um, we we pride ourselves on the empathy and compassion and care we we offer our, our the families we work with. Um, we we've the model of the business, the model of um, where we get our. We don't advertise on Google as such. We don't do spend thousands of pounds yeah. on an SEO or, or Facebook marketing. Um, that's not our style. What we do is we work with um, partners. So we work with real writers, estate planners, and funeral homes. Funeral homes yeah. predominantly because. Uh, they are the, the independent local independent funeral homes are often run by families they're family run organizations in the same way that we are and they are compassionate they are caring they want to see they want to help a family right through from the minute the family approached them um following the uh, uh, bereavement right through to the to the end of the process and the end of the process is usually something um the uh, the admin side of things so the probate yeah. side of things um, and they want that level of care um, demonstrated to the family throughout. Yeah. So we are a really, really, we offer a really good extension of their level of service. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that sounds like a really, really good fit then. And it starts with that, doesn't it? You know, a friend of mine used to own a family, funeral directors in Mansfield, Peter Gregory and Sons, uh, or Gregory and Sons, uh, Peter Gregory was the guy's name. And that, yeah. you know, I had him do probably six or seven funerals of friends and family over a very short space of time of losing a few people. Um, and we did it because of that care and That's that, the real, that real yeah. sympathy. Yeah, you remember you remember Gregory and Sons for the one reason because they looked after you properly, and you'll recommend them to other people because you know that you have that level of care is being yeah. um, being entrusted. Now we're we're adamant that 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 we think that families should um, have that level of care continued right through yeah. to this that this boring administrative tedious task that most families have to go through. Yeah. So. And it, it's interesting you say about the, the admin side of it, and um, I just want to sort of ask a question that you know, I saw my, my father do, uh, is that people very often when they're dealing with, with death and the admin side of it, they they put their head in a bucket of sand. They, they, they've got other things they're dealing with, and rather than come to someone like yourselves to deal with it on their part, what they tend to do is just ignore it and hope it'll go away. What would you say to anybody listening to this that maybe now or even in the future have to deal with this kind of circumstance and they just feel, do you know what, I just can't deal with this right now, I'm just going to ignore it. What What would you say to them? Do you know what, that you're not alone. Every The majority of people that we speak to, the majority of families that are in the same boat that didn't want to get their head out of the sand, that didn't want to have to deal with this, that have got other stuff, to, they're trying to they're trying to grieve and, and focus on their grief and, and managing that properly before they manage all of the, any, any all administration tasks. However, that's why we exist, basically, to take that grief away and take that headache away. Um, we pretty much, once we're instructed, it's you kind of leave it to us. We deal with the courts. We deal with the backwards and forwards and any additional questions. Um, we get a few pieces of paperwork from, from the family. We get a few signatures and then we kind of just get on with it for them. So they can get on with the grieving. They can get on with the other stuff that they've got to manage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I think that's important for, for all of us. Is there anything that you would like to add of perhaps anybody who's not at that stage yet? You know, what can we do now? So you mentioned obviously people who have wills. I'm a big fan of getting a will in place and reviewing it regularly as early as you can because, you know, like like a shareholders agreement or a partnership agreement, get it done, put it in the filing cabinet, get it out once a year and just make sure it's up to date or every couple of years. Oh my Is gosh, any... I wish everybody was like you. <laughs> well, yeah, we just do it, don't we? And then you don't have to worry about it, you know. 100%. Um, what, what would so you say to people about probate and what can they do to prepare? You know, is there anything that somebody, you know, obviously I'm taking perhaps away your, your top tip, but what, what could somebody do right now that says, oh, this is years away yet? What would you say to them? Oh, I wouldn't ever think it was years away. I mean, um, we've been, we've been, we've, we've got an example of a, 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 a family that's been completely like thrown apart very quickly. Um, and yeah, it is, it, Never say never. You just, I, if it, my experiences and the experiences that I'm continuing to see, uh, that you do need to, to plan for your death. It's inevitable. Everyone's going to die at some point. Um, yeah. You never know when your time is up, kind of thing. Um, doing some pre death planning is really, really um, 
like it's amazing to get done it you know especially if you've got children i mean having if you've got kids thinking that they'll be okay if i even if you haven't got a will because you're you get on really well with your sister and they love their auntie doesn't mean anything your kids are going to care if there's no will um they may not go into care for long but they'll go into care until the until it's decided by the courts what happens to your children um so it's so it's critical and it's 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 bizarre that this isn't taught in schools. As soon as you go to start school, you should be made to start a will kind of thing. Or as soon as you turn yeah, yeah. 18, you should have to do it. Um, lasting power of attorney as well. That's, I mean, I hadn't realized oh. how critical that is. Um, just doing an LPA. I mean, there are so many things we should and shouldn't do and in our lives and so on, but this is so critical to make sure the people behind, that you are leaving behind yeah. are looked after properly. I think the thing that I've realised in, in all my life, working life and personal life, is that we often make assumptions. So we, you know, I know my dad made the assumption that he didn't need a lasting power of attorney for his wife because they're married. I can make decisions. No, you can't. You know, no. And when doctors started recommending things that he didn't want to do, he had no lasting power of attorney. Um, and also, this, the doctors were—we've seen situations where the doctors are switching shifts, and one doctor disagrees, oh, and one. So yeah. you're you're kind of if you've got no LPA in place, you're you're kind of screwed. The doctor yeah. that's on duty at that time, whether he's tired or not, whether he's in a foul mood or not, is going to make the decision ultimately. Yeah. Um, and we've also seen so cases cool. where, yeah, where where um, yeah, we've also seen cases where the the doctors completely disagree with the family and it's just yeah it's tough bananas yeah 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 and yeah. so so i think anybody listening to this whether it's a will whether it's lasting power of attorney whether it's a pension uh whatever it is if you're thinking about things in the in the future don't work on assumptions because no. you know work on knowledge work on making decisions based upon facts and research and taking advice from people like emma and other specialists because whatever you assume, I can 99.9% .9 say it won't be exactly as you assume. And it potentially it could be completely poles apart from where, where you assume, both in life and in death sectors. You know, really, really important. So you, you've put in your bio, Emma, that you've become passionate about improving the, the deaf sector and post-deaf education. What kind of things do you want to see improved that perhaps our listeners should look out for well i think my experience in particular death's not spoken about it's just i i, I my experience is that that my my uh three children lost their father two years ago um he died very very quickly of um um pancreatic cancer and it was quite a big surprise um yeah. they were given no they were offered no support no help um, I had to fight with a local hospice who had nothing to do with his care to get some some family counselling, bereavement counselling for them. Um, the school, I've got to, the kids are at two different schools and one of the schools was amazing and offered loads of pastoral support and is still on hand should anything arise. The other school's um, appalling and just offers nothing and still makes a big fuss about Father's Day and doesn't accommodate the fact that my... That my son oh, might be um door. my son might be upset about it sort of thing so yeah it's uh yeah right. uh, you and... know i think that's massive like making sure education in schools and education for everybody i think also 
key, um, and we're, we're doing quite a lot of this, is making sure that our staff and our team are well prepared to support people that are, are grieving. Um, and, and I know that there's quite a lot of workplace training going on to support work um to support colleagues for colleagues to support other colleagues sorry yeah. um or hr teams to properly support staff yeah and, and i think as, as a business owner uh some years ago i had a construction business and one of my star employees uh he was living uh with a partner and her son was crushed uh in a an accident and killed unfortunately and it was clearly a health and safety issue. Uh, there were big investigations. Uh, there were hearings and all sorts of things like that. But the family uh, were devastated by this loss. He was about, I think he was 18 or 19. He'd yeah. just turned his life around. He got off of drugs. Uh, he got in with a good crowd of people, got himself a job, and then this job killed him. Uh, and as a business, you're right. You know, We didn't know how to handle it. Thankfully, I got... Peter, who who became a friend, who the funeral director, who gave me some help, but there was yeah. nothing. When I reached out to the local chamber of commerce, there was no training, no guidance, there was nothing that helped you deal with an employee who had a bereavement in a workplace. And it's the triggers, yeah. isn't it? You know, he saw things that triggered. You know, this is is this young lad was crushed between two piles of pallets. Every time he saw a pile of pallets more than four high, he became paranoid about the, the safety of them. And you yeah. know, there are lots of things that, you know, even in the workplace, and you say with schools, in the workplace, we don't have a mechanism or the resources to be able to cope with that kind of thing. No, it's, it's, it's quite terrifying. When we support our local hospice now um, as a business, because one, because they were so helpful to us during a, a time when we really needed some, we didn't know where to turn or... I didn't know who to speak to, um, yeah. and they were fantastic. But we're now supporting them because they are setting up. They've got a bereavement cafe that you can drop into. We they run regular talks and events for local um, local people who are just struggling a bit, um, yeah. and we we tend to att um, attend them as well because the the people that are struggling may be struggling because they they're feeling overwhelmed with the amount of paperwork they've got to deal with or the administration yeah. tasks. So us being there to offer free help and advice. Is a no-brainer, and, and and then we yeah. feel like we're giving something back. Um, so yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. It does help. So, if if I'm a business owner, let's let's look at this now. I'm a business owner. I've got a team of people, um, and I want to encourage my employees and my team, just like I do with a pension, to start thinking about uh, the future and end of life stuff. Because uh, yeah, you know, I, I used to always encourage my employees to talk to somebody about wills and get people into their How how can an employer, a business owner who's listening to this, engage with somebody like yourself to bring that education and that advice into a business? Not just when there is grieving, but also to prepare for that as well. I mean, businesses like ours. I mean, we'd be happily happily go into the business and do a presentation to the to the staff and employees on pre-death planning and what what you need to do before you die kind of thing. Um, yeah. You can go to a will writer and estate planner who mostly would probably do the same thing because they, yeah. in theory, they'd want some business out of it as a result of being able to present. Or Google online, you can do, um, there's loads of um, big, strong will writing companies that help you write your will online and will steer you in the right direction to make sure you do a letter of wishes properly to do an LPA. Um, to make sure you've got all, everything in yeah. place. I mean, it depends whether you want a handheld 
face-to-face um softy softly empathetic approach which is ours if you want a very matter of fact like this is what you need to do black and white approach which is probably a local solicitor or if you want to have a look around on yourself and have a look on google and it's um yeah have a have a have a google around look for us real writer and estate planner and and get that education find out more isn't it you know get absolutely what you need to make a better decision so yeah. if if i'm a person listening to this which obviously everybody listening to this is a person but if i'm if i'm somebody who perhaps has um circumstances that they're not sure may require probate lasting power of attorney particularly you know, your sector rather than wills etc what would you say to those you know is there a sort of checklist where you know oh i should be asking my parents to do this or i should be looking at my partner you know if if you were perhaps to give people two or three things to perhaps have a think about as people what would it be so i'd say lasting power of attorney is integral yep. having a will that's that's properly drafted and that that has an executor of it um as wishes for your kids in it your children in it which is again really important is um very important and if you have got a lot of assets or you've got assets um you've got a you've got a house you've got property you've got assets you've got money in the bank you've got shares etc it's definitely worth speaking to a financial planner or an estate planner on on how you properly manage that and um yeah how you present it basically yeah. should you should you pass away yeah okay great so lots to uh, to think about and lots to consider. Um, yeah. And it's interesting with the stabbings in, in France, the sad stabbings of the children over there. When we see shooting stabbings, when we see catastrophes happen, everybody swamps into the school, doesn't it, to offer counselling? Yeah. But what about everybody else in between? You know, I think, you know, everybody else falls between the cracks. So if people don't want to fall between the cracks and they want to reach out to somebody like you, where where do we go to find out more about you and uh, Lorello uh, HQ? So the best thing you can do, we offer loads of free advice and guidance and support. We've got a quite a comprehensive blog on our website, um, okay. which has got loads of information on there. But we are we have a, a probate advice line, so you can phone us up for free advice and support okay. or guidance, or if you just want to ask a really silly question, we don't we don't judge anyone. Um, so that's all on our website, which is www.lorello, L-A-U-R-E-L-O.co.uk. Okay, great. And I'm on LinkedIn if anybody wants to link in with me as well. Yeah, and I, I pronounced it correctly at the beginning, but if you can spell it for the listener as well. So if you can spell your full name and let's get it right so people can find you on LinkedIn. So my full name is Emma and my surname is Newstub. That's Kilo November, Echo, Whiskey, Sierra, Tango, Uniform, Bravo, Newstub. Great, yeah. Well... Just as you said that, you'd have actually made quite a good police officer. Just, just the fact that you could do the phonetic <laughs> alphabet. You're either a police officer, someone in emergency services, or like me, a pilot. Because I always do that, and people say, "Oh, yeah, you must be a pilot." Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, sadly, not a pilot, but it'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, final thing then, uh, before I come to the to the to the end question, but you know, if you were to give people one thing, one lesson, one tip to take away from today something that they can do something with no matter where they are in their life uh, or their business what what would it be do you know what my biggest tip is um and i often share this i'm a part of the 4am club i get up at 4am religiously probably four four three or four times a week minimum yeah. um and i 
I nail the day between four o'clock and between when the kids get up and I, it's that mayhem starts with school run and so on. Um, I've got no incoming calls, no incoming emails. Nobody else is uh, stupid <laughs> enough to be that awake. And I can get everything done. I have my oatmeal glass really early, um, sit down, yeah. I get, yeah. So I think it's, um, I think if you want, if you feel like you're overwhelmed and there's too much noise and there's too much going on with your emails and uh, get up early and, and just, yeah, be the only yeah. one around and, and get, get, get your stuff join done. The, join the 4am club. What a great tip. Exactly. And it's interesting. Yesterday we had a farrier come and he arrived to do our horses at half past six. And Angela, my wife, got up early. She went and saw the horses out. Uh, I had an extra half hour in bed. Um, but I did actually get up. I think it was about 5.30. Uh, and normally I get up about 6, 6.30. So it wasn't much more. But that extra half hour, an hour, I sat here and I thought, okay, it feels like I've been at work half a day and it's only 8.30. How productive so, were you? Yeah, really productive. So I've got to ask a yeah. question though, because this is this always is a question I've wanted to ask somebody who gets up at that time. For me to get up that early, I would have to go to bed early. So what time do you normally finish at the end of the day? I finish working generally between through well, about three o'clock. Okay. I finish. I pack up yeah. my desk, but I'm always on email and phone post three yeah, o'clock, yeah. and I tend to go to bed around. Eight o'clock when my eight-year-old goes to bed. Okay, um, that makes sense. Uh, to me. I need my eight yeah. hours sleep, so I'm so glad you said that. I thought you were going to be one of these freaky people. Who says, "Oh no, I only need six hours sleep a night." No, so. I like my eight hours, and um, and I sleep like a log. I have great sleep, and yeah, feel yeah. energized when I wake up. It's, it's all go. good. So, listeners, join the four AM club. Um, so, final question then, Emma, if you're going to have your next uh, early morning coffee in a dream location and reading one of your favorite books, whether it's a business book or a fictional book, where would it be and what would the book be? This is really weird because I'm, I'm totally unprepared for this question, but this is the book. It's <laughs> okay. Listen by Catherine Mannix. Um, and I ha it's not my favorite book. I don't have a favorite book as such. This is a book I really, really want to read and I just don't have time. I haven't had found the time to read it. so. I would love to be on a desert island sunbathing um, <laughs> in this, away from all the noise and the hubbub and the school runs, yeah. reading Catherine Mannix's Listen, because apparently um, this has been recommended by Bereavement UK um, and a number of other charities. It's an amazing book for um, people wanting to understand how to listen better when, when there's great. a bereavement or when somebody's been de uh, deceased. Great, great great tip uh, and yeah desert island so you don't have the distractions that, that was quite fitting of a 4am club member thank yes. you so much for for being a great guest and thank you for talking about perhaps quite a difficult subject that some people might find hard to talk about but such an important topic that we see talking about death talk about what happens after death and how we can improve that and educate people in school and in businesses more i think we've Hopefully, listeners, we've done a good job of explaining that to you. And thank you for giving up your time, Emma. It's really appreciated. Thank you. thank you. And as always, listeners, all you need to do now is subscribe so you get any future episodes of this podcast and leave us a review. Tell us what difference this has made. And of course, reach out to Emma either on LinkedIn or on the website. Could you just give us that website one more time, Emma? It is www.lorello.co.uk. Okay, and we'll make sure the link for that is in the show notes. And as always, thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next one. Bye for now.
Bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.